Welcome to Podcast on Fire on My Wife is 18 and the Twins Effect. From husband and wife to brother and sister and vampire hunters. The next part of the Ikin Hour series is a double bill of Ikin Chang and Charlin Choi pair-ups. Sort of. Uh, first we'll talk of uh, My Wife is 18 where a 30-year-old Ikin marries an 18-year-old Charlin Choi. And then Ikin busts some vampire heads. Mainly with the other twin. Jillian Chung, while Charlene falls for the sentimental vampire Edison Chen in The Twins Effect. And uh, my name is Kenny B. Uh, with me in this episode that is also uh, sort of uh, unofficially known as Choi Oranoi, as per his request to have it be called so, is Phil G of EasternFilmFans.co.uk. That should give you an idea, listeners. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. But you're right, there is a Choi and Anoi in there as well. It was just, you know... Something I came up with while watching the films. It was, uh, yeah, good to be back. Honest dig at a very young actress at this point. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, still active and has, uh, I think, uh, escaped the cute, cutesy phase of being in the twins and being all cutesy and being all whiny. You know, uh, she, she's a much older woman now, so uh, the, I think yeah. the roles uh, correspond to that. I mean, heck, she's even done a Category 3 movie or two, so... Um. But uh, we're looking at uh, Charlene, but mainly Ekin, of course. And uh, this series, as we've uh, said before, it's sort of uh, designed to uh, for us to sort of check in across nine movies if uh, Ekin Cheng is uh, an actor that has evolved and evolved enough for us to end up on the sort of plus point scale of things. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think it's going to be tight. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so in the end, uh, as we did with Alan Tam, it was either Team Tam or not Team Tam. As we did with George Lam, it was Lam or Lame. And as we're doing with Eakin, it's Eakin or Aiken. And uh, so far across uh, the first uh, two episodes, uh, it's deadlocked. It's um, we've, uh, we've liked... Uh, with like the one movie in each episode uh, so and disliked one movie in each episode uh, so across the four movies we've done it's uh, two all so uh, we're, we're deadlocked and maybe this episode will break open and uh, create uh, this uh, harrowing score leading into a finale because after this episode it's, it's the free picture finale oh I love the finale I mean the penultimate one's great because this is gonna this is gonna put us on the road to, to where we're gonna be um, and there's nothing like a finale. But, you know, the penultimate episode is the one to look at because that can give an indication. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. We, we, we've we said that, or I've said that, uh, the older he gets, the better he gets. But is it good enough yet? Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. It's uh, 2002, 2003. At any rate, uh, let's get into it. Uh, uk is, is your website uh, where you review uh, not just uh, Hong Kong Chinese movies, you branch out into Korean movies every now and again, and uh, you have your projects and so forth uh, during 2019. So anything uh, you want to speak of in general about uh, the going-ons on the site in question, Phil? Just the usual, like I say, there's uh, there's always uh, irons in the fire and it's great and stuff. So keep up with the uh, the reviews as much as possible. I am working hard, and I will keep mentioning that I am working hard on the uh, the hundred greatest Eastern films that everybody contributed towards. So thank you very much, and and I'm sure people have asked me when that's coming out, but I'm going to review a hundred films, so it's going to take me a little bit of time. Um, and then those will be published and the results will be published as such. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm revisiting some um, classics that are on that list, um, some absolute must. And there's a couple that I've not seen, so I'm really looking forward to catching up with those 
Um, and like I say, they were voted for by you, not by me, um, by by the general public, by the fans um, and, and everybody. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just plowing through that and um, and reviewing all those. So, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun journey. That's going to take up most of my time. And in between, I'm going to support the the little guys and the independent movies and, and all those people out there that are still trying hard to to make a name for themselves, as well as the, you know, keeping an eye on the, on the bigger guys and uh, making sure they're still entertaining us as they should. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I didn't know the structure was that you were going to watch all the movies that were destined for the list, which is a cool uh, thing. Yeah. And um, indeed, will take uh, time and uh, there will be some new experiences uh, every now and again. And obviously at one point, uh, maybe not for the first slot, uh, because you never know, but at one point, Eastern Condos will be rewatched again. You never know, Ken. I couldn't give anything away. I mean, I mean, I mean, it can't be outside of the one hundred. There's, a, there's an excitement in my voice saying that I might be watching that one again, which is, um, you know, always a giveaway. But I, I can't say either way. Right. Well, well, well. I'm, I'm calling it. It's within the one hundred movies, <laughs> at least. I, I got a gut oh, feeling. Man. I'll give you that one. That's one. Thanks. No, number one, I doubt it. Because uh, uh, it, it's it's good, but uh, I, I wouldn't put it at number one myself. But uh, that's not a slight against uh, against the movie. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll link to your website, and uh, people can follow the updates and so forth. So, uh, uh, have fun watching the 100 uh, movies. And uh, in the meantime, uh, this is Podcast on Fire and the Eken Hour on Podcast on Fire Network. And our website is podcastonfire.com, where we have this show and its back catalog of uh, Hong Kong movie reviews, occasionally mainland Chinese cinema reviews as well. And you also have a back catalogue of uh, shows on Japanese cinema. We've uh, somewhat recently um, brought back uh, Jap- Japan on Fire to conclude the uh, the Hideo Gosha series. I, I finally got a co-host uh, uh, back because my prior co-host uh, d- just couldn't find the time. Uh, busy, busy life. But uh, I found this, uh, this writer, uh, Robin Gatto, uh, out of France, who's actually written... Um, a book on the director in question and is very knowledgeable about about him so those concluding episodes really became worthwhile and added a lot a lot of context for the director in question which is the director of free outlaw samurai among other movies so big, big samurai director but has done every conceivable movie throughout the decades so um he's a cool uh, cool uh, director and that, that means japan of fire also because it's concluded at the time of recording and, and the episodes are done and not all released, but uh, we've started working on the sort of new face of Japan of Fire. And people have asked for anime because I'm a big anime fan, and yeah. uh, but I didn't know really how to approach it and where to go exactly. So I started out okay, cultish anime titles that people mm-hmm. know of. Okay, let's try some of those. So you know, yeah. uh, I, I don't know when. I will record well I know when I will record but I don't know when the episode is released but I've done an outline on Fist of the North Star cool because it's a, it's a big it's a big UK title I believe it was Manga Video's first VHS release I think it was I think you're right yeah big. I think that's a good call actually because especially from an anime point of view if you start with the cool classics that everybody loves and stuff also yeah, hopefully pull some new listeners in and you know new people to anime as well that the classics you know we've talked about it before and i've talked about it with you know with hong kong cinema and with bruce lee films and stuff there's a whole generation out there that you know are just being reintroduced to it and the same with anime so i think it's a good thing for the 
you know, Japan on fire to to start with that and stuff. Sounds uh, sounds great. Yeah, we've done a little Ghibli uh, dips uh, here and there, but that, that that was ages ago. So uh, if if we get back to that, then it's gonna be, have to be a little bit of a reboot. But uh, you know, we talked of things like uh, Laputa Castle in the Sky and yeah. uh, My Neighbors the Yamadas out of uh, St- Studio Ghibli. So you know, we, we've dipped our toes. And uh, but but cultish anime, it's a it's a broad subject. And uh, so I'm I'm going for Fist of the North Star is is easy enough to start with, even though it has an extensive background around as an as a big franchise but maybe we'll try and do akira but uh, i'm not sure i'm gonna go as far as you know reviewing you know the hentai stuff i like necessarily <laughs> yeah wow. you know legend of the overfiend and th- things like that there's always room for a poll and stuff obviously as long as you don't do more than three films on that poll you'll be all right but <laughs> hentai yes or hentai no you know, yeah exactly yeah, yeah there you go that's a good poll but <laughs> Both the answers are right there. You can see them when you do it and stuff. And yeah, you gotta see what people want. You know, literally, some of this anime is it's per definition actually illegal in certain countries. <laughs> it's that crazy. <laughs> Even more reason to do. I think you just you just you're building a case to actually review it rather than not to. To be honest. I know, I know, I, I'm not going to go into specifics, but I know Urutsuki Doji 4 has sections in it that um, were just completely lifted from the American DVD. It's not in the UK at all because it couldn't pass any no. any censorship. But in the UK, they, in the US, they just had to lift out an illegal section uh, in wow. in that uh, in that anime. Uh, but in Japan, it's all it's all gravy, man. It's all it's good. All there. Yeah, yeah. Just as long as there's no pubic hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. it. <laughs> At any rate, uh, that we, I'm working on Japan on Fire, and that's fun to vary up the work. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, regardless, uh, our back catalogue of all our shows are available on podcastonfire.com. If you have any questions or feedback uh, regarding uh, Ikin Cheng, what's your favorite Ikin Cheng movie? Did you like My Wife Is 18 and The Twins Effect? Let us know. Podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Let us know on social media as well by joining our discussion group. Uh, you can also reach our page that you can like in support by clicking the Facebook button at the top of our website so uh, welcome in and uh, join the chat and follow our tweets over at, at Podcast on Fire I write about the variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies over on my site sogoodreviews.com and I tweet over at, at sogoodreviews and uh, all that good stuff over on Apple Podcasts as well if you find us over there please uh, give us a star rating and a small written review stream us on Stitcher Radio and by now you can also find us on Spotify so that's us we're going to take a musical break and uh, after that we'll be back to review uh, the first uh, Ikin Cheng movie of this episode and the first Ikin Cheng Charlie Choi movie of this episode there will be too and the first one is My Wife is 18 from 2002 and we'll be back after the break to review it Welcome back, and the first review of this Ikin Hour is My Wife is 18 from 2002, and plot from the Love HK film review of the film. Ikin Cheng is 13 Cheng, a 30-year-old 
grad student living in the UK. He's been unable to graduate for many years uh, as his pet thesis project about women has always earned him derision and a swift fail from the all-women panel of judges. Finally, he has to admit the truth. He just doesn't understand women very well. Luckily, Chung is about to get a crash course in the fairer sex. His senile grandmother desires uh, to see him married before she passes on, so Chung agrees to a quickly arranged marriage. The other party is the character of Yo-Yo Ma, not the actual Yo-Yo Ma, that would be sort of weird if uh, they brought in <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma being this uh, Hong Kong movie for no reason. Uh, but uh, Yo-Yo Ma is played by Charlene Choi, an 18-year-old Hong Kong student who, who's agreeing to a marriage to satisfy her parents. Chung and Yo-Yo have no illusions about any lasting bliss. They expect to be divorced within a year. However, situation comedy occurs big time. Chung decides to visit Hong Kong to get out of the UK for a while and stays with Yo-Yo at her request. The arrangement is supposed to be uh, one of uh, convenience, but things escalate rather quickly. Uh, Yo-Yo becomes the subject of his thesis as he feels, you know, renewed, uh, renewed sort of a motivation to uh, get his thesis passed. And she even plans to introduce him to her schoolmates at her all-girls school. Chung does her one better though and actually becomes a teacher at the aforementioned school, which leads to the expected expected shtick as the two pretend to not know one another so there's your setup this movie is directed by veteran screenwriter james james yun who has credits ranging from in terms of writing a moment of romance always on my mind tom dick and harry he's a woman she's a man and really he was the one of the in-house writers for united filmmakers organization or ufo uh, a lot of Peter Chan directed movies in the 90s came from UFO and uh, you know, often starred uh, even both Tony Lungs and uh, Jordan Chan and what have you. Uh, quite um, uh, urban comedies, if anything, and uh, modern romances. Comrades Almost a Love Story Phil, is a United Filmmakers Organization movie. Uh, he's a veteran director too by now of uh, 15 films, including the acclaimed and moody Crazy and the City. From 2004, starring Ethan Chan and Francis Ng as a as a uh, as a insane person, and it, it was a lovely sort of Hong Kong story, urban story that also had a darkness about it. Uh, I don't know if you remember catching Crazy and Crazy the letter N and uh, the city, uh, or no members uh, watching it as such. No. Well, can't say I do actually. It, it's, okay. it's probably one of James' better movies. Uh, James's better movies. Uh, he uh, came uh, back also to do the sequel to My Wife Is Eighteen, called My Sassy Hubby, in uh, 2012. Which uh, it seems like it's a late, late-breaking idea to capitalize title-wise on a career movie. You know, yes. my sassy, uh, my sassy girl from way, way earlier. But uh, uh, there you go. Right. My wife is eighteen. Received uh, no awards uh, because this was the year of Infernal Affairs, Hero, The Eye. So this, you know, it didn't have a chance awards wise. And despite the star combo, it was so to say. I mean, it's okay, but so to say, only the eleventh of twelfth most profitable local film of that year. Mm-hmm. You know, if you count Hero as. Or if you count in Hero within, you know, the China-Hong Kong block of uh, films, then My Wife is 18 would have been the 12th uh, most profitable movie of that year. But maybe considered a fair hit uh, at the time. But uh, you could simply not catch up to Infernal Affairs for for good reason. Uh, I think this earned like 7 million and Infernal Affairs must have been, you know, 30, 40, 50, 50, maybe 60 at that time. Yeah. 
At any rate, we're, that's the minor background. We're on to the review, and uh, let me get mine out of the way first. Uh, Rom-coms are hard. Even if making, you know, fluff and easily digestible cinema, you want to like your leaves. You want to like them as a pairing eventually, because they start out often as opposites in terms of the story. And, uh, and the core story here of age difference, and if two people can sync and gel on uh, on that level, you know, being different persons, being different age, sh- not sharing the same values. That's a good lead-in to the story, but th- I think the pairing of Eakin and Charlie in here does not work. James follows through on the story, on the thread of young versus old, but um, I, I don't think he could get it to work, and I'll, I'll share some more specific details why I don't think it's working. So let me throw over to you, Phil. Uh, what did you think of uh, My Wife is 18? You know what? I've actually got a soft spot for it. I didn't think I would. It caught me off guard a little bit. I'm feeling stuff. This isn't uh, regular. Yeah, I have feelings. (laughs) Feelings, I tell you. Feelings. Yeah, so a bit of a switcheroonie. Yeah, so... And and it's a tough one for me because... You're kind of watching the film and you're reviewing the film, but obviously it's all about the uh, the aching or the aching to some extent, so you're kind of watching him intensely. So I didn't much mind the leads as much, and it probably didn't it didn't grind on me as much as probably it should do because I was probably focusing on aching a little bit more. And I, it kind of worked for me. The two kind of worked for me. I know she's quite annoying, and it kind of did see, and it's kind of that girly screaming. But you know what? It wasn't too bad, and it kind of worked. I mean, he's older, she's younger, and that chemistry kind of was there. I kind of got it towards... I was sucked into it. I suppose I have been sucking into it. It caught me on off guard, and you know what? I quite enjoyed the, I quite enjoyed the film. There, there's something there. It had to work to get to you. It wasn't like automatic, boom, this is awesome. It- no, 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 and it had to work and stuff, but it, it's one of those... Char- it's, it's like you've been... It's a, bit, it's a bit of witchcraft. It's like you've been charmed. You, you're kind of charmed into it. You know, you got the playful youth, and, you know, Ekin stands up well in it and as, as well. And, yeah, of course, you could probably come up with... They are better leads, and they probably could be better. But I wasn't put off by them. You know, I was still drawn to them. I could still relate to it and still enjoy that combination. I wasn't put off by them. At- maybe, maybe because it's a hometown movie in a way. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and I like, and I like the sense. And, that, and, the, and the reason I'm saying that is that uh, this movie was, was partly shot in in England, in London. And it did cut me off because so I know nothing about this movie. It's one of those films I don't know anything about. It's not on high on my list. I'm going to watch, and it's not a revisit for me to watch. I put it in to watch it, and I soak everything up. I don't do, and I, and I never do anything, as I've said before, and stuff. When I review a film before it, I just watch it. Soak it all in, take it all in, and then I'll go out and have a look and find out about this and that and the other. And all this was a sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel. Wow, 10 years later, great, that sounds good. Oh, I might even watch it. My status, but I, all that kind of stuff comes after. So you just, I just soak in the film as it is and it's presented to me and not knowing anything really much about it but i do that with most films anyway and then read up about it afterwards which is what you should do really i mean it's a it's, it's really i mean so, so sometimes you can't avoid uh, any hype that's out there and uh but uh you know just uh tune out and uh put it before you and uh oh look at that they're speaking english for a little while for, for a little yeah, while and, bloody, uh, oh bloody bloody call blimey governor they're in london I <laughs> um, <laughs> totes in london where are we gonna go a piccadilly circus i guess uh, but but for me, uh, th- th- there's the issue of, and I mean, th- 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 this is where viewers divide, I suppose, of buying into the charm of mm. Charlene's 
upbeat nature of this 18 year old girl uh, this um, teenager in a way i mean she isn't terribly adult she's a little bit of a child and uh, early charlene in terms of the actress here uh coming um you know coming out of the uh and still being in the the pop duo the twins she was uh thrust into movies as expected and uh, her early work it could be either or in terms of well there's promise here because um yeah she's obviously at this time has a look for playing younger characters and uh, maybe a more playful sort of upbeat characters uh, she but she could wander between being feminine and being a tomboy but 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 acting her age you know so mm. uh, she's well cast for this certainly but her sulking and sort of jumping up and down and whining at the ticket count- counter at the start of the movie that was trying to get her away that was testing my patience early and i I can imagine yeah yeah not that i dislike (laughs) like a whiny women or anything but it's sort of like you you got an uphill battle here movie because um i'd rather have um something more i I didn't like that this was how we established her as being uh, uh you know whiny and noisy Exactly, and there was so. You, so you're right. There is a growth with this movie because yeah, if you take that at the beginning, and it is, it does put you off for like mm, really, mm, it's a bit whiny. So there was a, a, a more feeling the love as I went through the movie rather than at the start of it because yes, it could be one of those. And if you're not in the mood for that kind of a film, that could just put you off straight away. And to be honest, you could. Is there enough legs in it in the beginning to suck? you into it no because it is kind of convoluted and what they're saying and how they get together and boom there you go they're they're married for for, for some reason they uh, james makes it a little bit convoluted despite these being very simple um yeah, exactly. he, and, and he's being also he's treating this as a little bit of a carousel and being a little bit too cartoony which i'll come back to for mm. his own good because uh even Eakin as this uh 30 year old character even he has an element of being being a child with temper tantrums uh you know after he fails his degree he throws a temper tantrum and even though he has a scene with richard mm, which is automatic uh, five five stars right there uh you know i can just imagine at that time richard was in the uk anyway so just uh bringing him for uh to this uh uni and uh they'll shoot his two scenes and, and then he's out so, so i i thought that was pro- problematic that where james the director he was wondering he, he he was leaning rather towards towards more wacky and uh, mm. too light in the banter department and not for me I, I didn't seek a a brooding drama but I was seeking more moments of both Ikim and both Charlene to be to be less light and cartoony in the banter department I wanted a little bit more humanity here even though I understand this structure because uh, she is a bit of a whirlwind. And uh, yeah. he uh, doesn't understand women, so he's uh, you know he's he's this wide-eyed character who doesn't know how to act in front of this type of uh, whirlwind. But uh, where the movie sort of started to lose me was the more they started to hang out, the more we got a sense of her defiance and that he's a little bit of a kid as well. He's not this stuffy thirty-year-old necessarily. He's not uh, you know obviously an office man or a salary man or whatever. I don't know if you noticed this, and it, it doesn't matter if you did it. Their interaction verbally was it was simply a bit too intense for me, a bit too light for me, that they're always trying to keep up up with each other, sort of upbeat, carousel-like energy. Yeah, I, I couldn't connect to that because they were both 
sort of too they were both sort of too wacky and it prevented me from buying into that this is going down the roots of eventually they're gonna connect would he have helped if if they can had, had been more less of the uh, naivety and more the the man slightly the more old yeah more more stature to him rather than being a bit more bumbly and you know and have that and and i get that but but it's a matter of it's not clicking and if i had my way i i i wanted more of a mixture between uh, that he is more of the albeit frustrated adult because uh, you know I, I can just imagine that you know he, he he can't measure up to this energy so maybe he just he, he could just like resign to the fact that well let, let, she can wear herself out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while, while I sit there but he but he was trying to sort of uh, meet that energy and mm. it, it becomes a little bit awkward to me and also awkward performance wise because I don't think Ikin is uh, up to this uh, challenge of uh, meeting her energy <laughs> that's where age comes in i suppose uh, yeah uh, because he's they're not trying to make him youthful obviously they've scripted the fact that he's 30 but still they they were trying to uh, bridge you know make that bridge between them too tight uh, rather than uh being huge contrast being 30 year olds and 80 year olds I, I mean it's just a personal thing i don't think the structure there's anything wrong with the structure but uh i, I had problems buying into it and i think that that's uh, your hill to climb and uh anything spontaneous about that did, did you like their interaction as she you know keeps on talking keeps on talking and he's trying to keep up with her and uh, also trying to uh, en- um, sort of enhance his thesis by interviewing her was that enjoyable for you as they um you know spend a lot of time in the apartment together and she goes to school he's at school and stuff like that not so much i mean it was a little bit like i say you kind of go along with it and stuff i mean you're kind of wondering well i'm saying every time he asked a question, he gives her 300 quid and stuff. There was that bit and stuff. I was going, is that logical? Would you do that anyway? It's just, just stupid. So there's throwaways, but the way it all came together and stuff, I guess there was enough there for me to, to think, to believe in the characters and think there was something there and wanted to see it through and wanted to hope for a happy ending to want to, you know, for, for it to go, you actually think, oh, come on, I hope this works out the way I hope it should work out. And so therefore I'm invested in the characters for all the, the faults and, and maybe it isn't set up at the beginning in, in, in as you say, uh, in that likable manner. And, and yes, it is. It is annoying at times and she is annoying at times and it does great at times, but I found enough out of it to take that away and enjoy it um, and enjoy the performances. So yeah, I suppose we just, you know, like I say, I can understand for people once you start out on that journey, it's a hill to climb and get into the character. And if you don't, you're in trouble with the film because you're not invested in characters, that, you know, and, and it's easy to learn from that point of view, I guess. To, to, to give the listeners a little bit of an, uh, an idea, if you give your perspective, is it designed as a hugely comedic movie or, or is it with slapstick and stuff? Or is it more a light atmosphere? For me, it's like a light atmosphere. It's supposed to be. It's a, it's it's labelled as a, as a comedy and stuff, but I don't see it as a slapstick comedy, as, as you see and stuff. And those do put me off because you either get them right or you don't. And it's not. This is just a more whimsical kind of fairy tale of a kind of a charming. And I've said that before and I've used that word of a kind of a charming film. And that's what I viewed it as, rather than a you know a slapstick thing and stuff. Like, yes, there was some you know obscure scenes and stuff that really kind of great integrated me but i was i was just so much enjoying the journey i let those slide and just 
you know, carried on with that journey of two people, you know, that age difference between them and, you know, where would that go to bearing in mind that, yes, you've got and, and, and very much overhyped. Yes. The, the giggly teenage 18, you kind of can't stop talking, blah, blah, blah. And you're right. A more sensible 30 year old, you would guess. But then again, I was probably not the most um, mature at 30 either. So maybe I just related to that. And being a bit, maybe, <laughs> me. Uh, like, it's UK and it's me. <laughs> and maybe, is, or maybe there's some, there's a, the relate there. So no, it's not a slapstick comedy as such as you would, um, from that point of view. I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, every now and again, he paints a little bit of a mad world in terms of one of the teachers at the school is wheeled out because she's gone mad so so he tries to crank it but normally keeps it pretty reeled in and uh, exactly every now and again there are bright spots i think uh, as they interact which is really the majority of the movie at one point they sort of they, they perform a con together uh Iken and uh, Charlene's character to so she can chat with an attractive basketball player and and he's just, he just sits back for a while and smiles at that situation and uh yes. he, and and his smile is a good asset for small moments like that actually uh, I, and I, he just sort of re-reminded me that my preference would have been to have him scripted as somewhat more of a mature 30 year old that that it will be a tries being playful, but uh, but still have things to, to learn, you know. And maybe, yeah, and, and you're right. And there is that 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 specifically and actually is quite good because he does sit back, he, he takes a mature approach and stuff. But if you imagine the film with him playing that character like that, would it be too much for Charlie Shoy to to take up the whole of the film? And it being about her because he would have been less interactive. Mm-hmm. He would have been more that stature and standoffish. Was it written that way so Ekin could have more and give obviously Choi a little bit more to to play with? If not, the focus probably would have been more on her and maybe, she, and she wouldn't have had the. I don't think she'd have the at that time that the acting chops. I mean, she looks great, bless her. I mean, she's just fresh face and the camera loves her. You know what I mean? But, but you know, you know what? I, I, I'll, I'll tell you where I, I find some other, other bright spots where where I didn't mind that. Ikin is a character that can get lost in his own mind a little bit as he's introduced at the school being a psychology teacher. He, yeah. It's supposed to be an introductory speech and then he writes like six whiteboards worth of English language psychology. He just gets lost in like typey, 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 typey and then we reveal that he's brought in like a ton of whiteboards and just held a massive expert like uh, sort of uh, introductory speech about psychology and i i did like that that he's uh, he doesn't control his, himself in social situations very well because th- this was all about saying hello to the uh, to the students and then he gets uh, and then you've got that ties up nicely with further in the film because obviously there's only like two men in the the whole of the school and stuff. So you got that scene later on where, he, again, his awkwardness comes through in that scene and works well because he plays on that when, obviously, the other guy, he goes out for a drink. I got to single him out because I, I thought he was terrific. Uh, the young yeah. actor that is the art teacher, the other male teacher in the school, is called, is called Patrick Tang. And their introductory scene as... He he is shown uh, their uh, their common room, I suppose, uh, their their staff lounge. He is so sort of dry and droll. So he says, "Well, it's only you and I, and we have the art room, which is convenient because 
IT chart. <laughs> and, and he's sort of this character just walks around with his hands in his pockets. He he he, he hasn't got these energy spikes about him. No, no. And I, I I really like that. And then he talks about well, you got to differentiate between three different ways of uh, urinal needs because yeah. the toilet is not close by. The toilet's not close. Yeah. <laughs> and then I found that James is hitting a stride in terms of because it is wacky. I mean, why, why talk about pee all of a sudden? Uh, but uh, in, it shows my maturity level, I suppose. Well, okay. I, I I sat up like, well, now they're talking my language here. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> and and also the scenes in the um, in the department store where 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 Charlene has has sort of realized that she can uh, poke him a little bit. Uh, uh, because she's picking up so much snacks and uh, he's saying like we can't buy all this stuff well you're the man in the house you need to support me so she's picking up like snacks and snacks and snacks and just aiming for a sugar induced coma really and that, that was like 45 minutes in and I thought like is he finally finding his footing but for, for me it was this um, a few minutes of quite well achieved uh, spark that never really uh, you know went to like, uh, like like affecting romantic comedy roots even though structurally he 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 doesn't abandon his beats and he does all the beats he's supposed to uh, yeah. being a screenwriter he knows where to place the beats but you know even the most basic romantic comedies i can be the hugest biggest fan there is of and uh, sometimes you are and sometimes you're not and uh, that doesn't mean you walk away fuming about the lack of romance uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that this uh, i i wanted more likability factor because these performers do so much work together and uh, it was more sporadic rather than uh, continual if you will you know yeah and see i didn't mind it was it was like a and and i viewed it as like those were a break in the the journey so those were the the light moments that pop up and stuff and they have that banter stuff but actually i was still keen to to find out where it was going at the end so I did it the other way around kind of thing and go, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, it's quirky. Yeah, it's okay, blah, blah. But let's get on back on track to the story and find out how it, how it, how it pans out. I was invested in the characters by then. Did, did, did you like moments, therefore, where he uh, directs their first embrace because she's uh, actually she cold at that point? She, uh, she, so, so the way he transitions into their very first embrace because uh, she literally wants his uh, body warmth at body that point. Warmth. So uh, was that fun for you, those kind of moments? It, it, yeah, yeah, it was okay. You could see it coming, yeah. I mean, you can see what she was doing and stuff because she's out here and, and see what she's um, trying to get him to do and stuff. And he's like, Ugh. and you're like, for, for God's sake, you're an idiot. Just, you know, I, I didn't mind. It, it was fine. Was it laugh out loud? No. Did I chortle? Not really. I just smiled and went, yeah, okay, I can see what's going on and stuff. And, because know, those moments are well played. I thought uh, they were kind yeah, of yeah. sweet. And then there are moments where she, she she, does, you know, remove her sort of external happy, cheery persona and appears heartbroken and appears uh, human. And those are tropey moments, but I enjoy those, actually. Um, yeah, and, you she know, does, uh, and she does play it well, because, you know, you've got that from a, you know, that which is mostly she like that anyway, and that's the character bubbly, you know, and when he walks away and stuff, and then, he, you know, she dolls it down into, and you can see it, and, and that's what it's supposed to be, that, you know, actually she doesn't feel that way at all, and she didn't want to get rid of him, and, you know, actually she does really like him, and, she, and it's realisation, and, yeah, well done. That is acting. She's she's acting well done, and she's doing it, and and she's portraying that on the screen, and you're getting that, and you're feeling that, and and that's what it's that's what it's about. And they're 
those are the bits on the journey that, that again, I was interested in. They go, okay, it's going the way you think it's going to go and stuff. Is it going to pan out the way you think it's going to pan out towards the end? So. And, and, and those moments I do appreciate, even though I, I couldn't reach an acceptable grade towards the whole journey. But tro- tropes are never a bad thing if you um, throw yourself into them and uh, make the best tropey rom-com ever. And uh, they, I, I always come back to the fact that, I mean, it's so obscure, but I'm going to say it anyway. There, there's a romantic comedy from Hong Kong called Bakery Amour starring Francis mm, which I, I which I'd seen in like more hard roles he's been in The Mission and uh, yeah, like yeah. Bullets of a Summer and uh, Gen X Cops and you know spouting foul dialogue dialogue and here he was this sort of socially awkward man and it's set in a bakery and it was rather lovely actually um, and it was due to the performers in this case Michelle uh, Michelle Hayes and uh, Francis uh, getting on in a bakery and I thought that was lovely. And uh, I, I like both Charlene and Egan, obviously, uh, as performers in general. But it it can vary on a case-to-case basis, uh, too. Uh, and, and, like, James finishes off the movie, like, fairly like you expect him to. But they are the more accomplished beats, even though the journey was set to somewhat underwhelm me earlier in the movie. It, it, was, a too ste- it was too steep of a hill. To, to climb because in a way I think he can get more comfortable being this wide-eyed uh, this character that's showing discomfort in situation I mean he's very prude and she's not so she's walking around uh, butt naked in the apartment after they first shared a night together and he's like no 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 cover yourself cover yourself and that works better for me that that's more clearer that that, that that has a bigger purpose rather than verbal banter back and forward so I suppose uh, the more classical it got in terms of the genre it's working in, the, the better I thought, and uh, but I wasn't um, really uh, fully on board with with when the characters embrace. You know how this movie's gonna end. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. I mean, there's a sequel, for heaven's sake. So, <laughs> so, so wonder what happened. Well, <laughs> they're still in it, but 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 I, I just wish they shared banter and the desired nature of the banter by the filmmakers uh, you know and uh, that, that 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 characterization of wild and free uh, young versus old stuffy conservative that that would gel a bit better and I, I i didn't think it did we we probably agree to disagree and stuff i i just like i say i found it charming and it charmed me so you know and i found out that they've done a sequel and you know what i'm gonna watch the sequel because i want to find out how the characters progress so it must have gave me enough within the films to enjoy the characters to, to want to go actually I want to find out what happens to him in another 10 years when he's going through you know he'll be 40 midlife crisis and you know she's 30 so you know where does that journey take them it's like uh, four. Uh, I, I, li- I literally think they structured it as uh, 40 versus 28 years old because it's 10, 10 years later so yeah so I mean close to it so you know there, there was enough there to do that um uh, and like I say, maybe he caught me uh, unaware and stuff. If I was feeling in a harsh Don't mood make and... apologies for liking something. I know, like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, wasn't I? I'm not going to. I li- so, I, yeah, I, I liked it. Is it a firm, easy, like, I'm, I'm eking for this one. It's a plus one for him. Yeah, or... I'm, I'm, I'm eking for this one. You know, there was enough from eking to go, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, it's an it's an eking for me, surprisingly enough. It's not for me. <laughs> I know. And that's the like, like I can't be like well he, he deserves a plus point anyway after spouting so much negativity. That <laughs> doesn't make sense. Uh, so yeah, cool. Uh, any other notes before we move on? 
No, I don't, I don't think there is. Like I say, it's um, it's for me. It was it was charming, and if you want to be charmed, then um, tune in. You can hear he can speak English for a little bit versus the uh, so stuffy uh, stuffy academia uh, teachers that he has to sit in front of. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So there it is. Uh, as for availability, the old universe dvd is long out of print but my wife is 18 has been reissued on blu-ray seemingly only i couldn't find any other edition in a two-pack edition together with the sequel my sassy hobby and so it's on blu-ray i i was hoping to get it here before the show and uh, i ordered it well ahead in time uh, swedish customs uh, got it and i expect that uh, so you pay a little fee that was like two weeks ago and i was expecting them to release the damn thing but have they no so we had to rely on uh, a, a rip from uh, one of our friends off the old dvd so uh, but uh, yeah but i am looking forward to a sequel because i i want to see if their growth as actors means something too as the story evolves age wise too so i'm kind of looking forward to it uh, should be an easy watch but um, but uh, for now i'm still waiting for my actual uh, actual high definition edition of these two movies but uh, maybe swedish customs uh, have sat down to watch, watch it, it themselves to sort of engage in this like uh, will she will they won't they kind of thing. they probably but, know about the aching the aching and they're getting they're getting up front on it and getting you know getting in there before uh, we put the podcast out so they're uh, well and truly uh up to up to date with it and, and who can blame them probably not stopping drugs or weapons coming out in, into the country as they do no no, no. The it's all about the and all the aching <laughs> we, we know that um the swedish customs they they've heard you um and they're getting ahead of the curve that's that's what it's all about on the podcast but please just just send a damn thing uh, to me like uh, <laughs> i paid promptly a little fee and it's not a huge fee uh, as the customs uh uh, grab it a little tax tax and that's it uh, anyway uh, we are going to transition into the next movie uh, so from husband and wife to brother and sister the year after you know after a break we watch uh, the team up uh, between charlie joy and uh, ikin in the form of uh, dante lamb's vampire action or the twins effect which was tot not tailored after its canto pop duo the twins no 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 totally a coincidence the twins the twins effect the twins. The twins it was just two separate ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not uh, this corporate product at all no of course <laughs> so, not designed to sell cds and stuff so anyway we're gonna look at uh, this one uh, from uh, 2003 after the musical uh, break so uh, i believe this is a the, the theme song was from Jackie Chan and the twins it sounded like it in the credits so yeah. uh, and he's certainly in it as well so uh, let's listen to that for a little bit and uh, we'll be right back And welcome back in the second review of uh, this episode. This Ikenauer is the Twins Effect from 2003. Arguably a supporting role, but uh, still, it's an Ikin movie. And plot from the Love HK film review of the film goes as follows. Apparently, there's a league of elite vampire hunters who rely on vampire blood to provide them with the power to take down the undead. Among them is Reeve. 
played by Ikin Chang, a dashing hunter who loses his partner slash lover Josie Ho in the film's opening moments. Meanwhile, vampire royalty Prince Kasaf, played by Edison Chen. Prince Kasaf moves into a church somewhere in Hong Kong with attendant Prada, played by Anthony Wong. There's apparently some inter-clan vampire strife going on uh, back in Vampire Land or wherever these fiends hail from. Uh, Kasaf happens to be a good vampire who only drinks blood from bottles and doesn't suck from the neck of victims. So never mind that the blood had to come from somewhere. That was literally my thought I was, as I was thinking of the movie. Like, someone has to die for his uh, blood uh, sucking. Uh, but um, he still, you know, as long as they bottle it, then he's fine. So he's, uh, he's saying, la 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 la, don't want to hear where it comes from, la 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 la. Uh, and with that set up, enter the main attraction, the twins. Taller twin, Charlene Choi, is Helen, the sister to depressed vampire stalker, Reeve Hikin Chang, and a wacky sort of girl. Surprise. When we first meet her, she's giving her ex-boyfriend Chapman Toe, appearing in his 300th Hong Kong film of that year. Luckily, she meets Kasaf, Edison Chen, who immediately takes a shine to her. The two begin an odd courtship, hampered by the fact that Kasaf is suspiciously, suspiciously averse to sunlight and has other odd habits like drinking blood. You'd think the sister to a vampire hunter, this was my thought as well, would have some clue where all this is going. But strangely, Helen has no idea. At the same time, Reeve gets a new partner, Gypsy, played by the shorter twin, Gillian Chung. Like Helen, Gypsy is a character that can only exist in the movies. She signs up to work with the dashing Reeve, because he's the hottest vampire hunter around. And besides, he has amazing hair! So, win-win. <laughs> That's love HK film writing for you. Uh, Reeve doesn't want to fall in love with his partner again, but how could he not? This is a twin we're talking about. Even more, Gypsy wants to tend to Reeve's every need, i.e. cleaning, cooking, and acting like little Missy Homemaker. It could be every young man's dream. So, there's the relationships, and you have the conflict. Also, the vampires are closing in. So, it's going to be some vampire busting in between the wacky stuff, I suppose. Uh, obviously, the entertainment and the film industry, or rather Emperor Multimedia Group, was trying to make uh, their brand and their artists uh, make further impact in media, such as in movies. And that's what we get, since the canto-pop duo The Twins, Charlene Choi and Jillian Chung, are the stars of this you know, horror actioner, if you will. Granted, they had been both acting individually and uh, together in films. They weren't, you know, always uh, always paired up. So they, they were sort of branching out. I mean, Charlene did the, the quite accomplished uh, melodrama Funeral March. They were both in the lovely, 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 lovely movie Just One Look, which was a period movie and a really nice nostalgic movie. Uh, looking back on movies and looking back on uh, the Summers of Yesteryear, in this case, uh, the 60s. So it's a really nice movie. And they were also in a movie called Summer Breeze of Love. You know, it wasn't the industry rolling out a couple of newcomers, in the case of the Twins Effect, but calling it the Twins Effect, Phil, is no coincidence, is mm. is my point. So uh, it was directed by Dante Lam, who was uh, crafting a versatile career. Uh, it consisted of sort of quirky cop soap opera movies, such as Option Zero, but also quirky triad movies like uh, Jiang Hu, The Triad Zone. He was the co-director of Beast Cops, which I'm sure you've seen with Anthony and Michael Wong. Oh, yes. 
And he even did romance in the case of When I Look Upon the Stars, starring uh, Shu Kei. Uh, but he has honed his action image well over the, year, delivering, over the years, delivering quality materials such as Beast Stalker. He was the director of the acclaimed MMA drama Unbeatable, starring Nick Chung. And he was also a darling at the mainland China box office with his massive, uh, massive hit, Operation Red Sea, in 2018. Did you see that? Because he got a UK release, Operation Red Sea. He did. Um, they're on my watch list. So uh, Operation Mekong and Operation Red Sea are both there. They're both on, um, at the moment, UK Netflix. So it's on my list to watch. So um, I re- recommend it. It's essentially, yeah. um, it's essentially a lot of... Boom! Get out! Boom! Sounds perfect. And it's kind of awesome because it's, it's, yeah, exactly. well, it's well done as heck. I, I was reminded of sort of 90s actioners, like uh, yeah, the, exactly. the Bruckheimer oh, actioners. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it was very accomplished. I liked it a lot. Uh, n- no connection to characters because there, there's a bunch of uniformed characters that you can't sort of differentiate. But I really did like it. And I think Dante earned his um, box office. I did get an invite to the red carpet event down in London to see it on the big screen, and um, I sent one of uh, my fellow uh, fans, um, Ben, down to watch it for us. So he got to see it on the big screen for uh, Cine Asia. Um, bless him. So, um, yes. And uh, he was suitably impressed. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, and, and not a terribly propaganda style, if you are bothered yeah. by that. It's very straightforward. I mean, it's called Operation Red Sea, but it, it isn't, you know, compared to Wolf Warrior 2, that really shamelessly <laughs> was propaganda yeah, style. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, this was rather straightforward. It reminded me of Black Hawk Down to a degree, style-wise, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. Anyway, The Twins Effect, it ranked high box office-wise. It was the second most profitable film uh, locally that year, after Infernal Affairs 3 because the third one came out uh, a year after the, the first two I believe and it went on to win a few technical awards at the Hong Kong Film Awards including Best Action Design uh, going to Donnie Yen for his work as action choreographer uh, international distribution meant that in a few territories including in the US the movie was re-edited and shortened significantly and it was also retitled to the vampire effect because the twins angle makes it makes little to no sense internationally if you're not an established duo of pop stars you know uh, so it's a, it sounds rather the vampire effect. It sounds so dull, you know. <laughs> uh, the twins effect isn't that much better as a title, but the vampire effect that's not going to fly off the shelves. Uh, maybe if they call it Jackie Chan's the vampire effect. Wow, there was that, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, because he's in the movie. Two scene cameo for for the for, for old Jackie, uh, being part of the same uh, company at that time, EMG, I believe. So that that works out. The unrelated period sequel, The Twins Effect Two, featured a fight scene between Jackie Chan and Donnie Yen, uh, but I never got that far personally in that movie. <laughs> I, I think I got thirty minutes in. What is this? I don't get this. Uh, but but you are an action fan, so did did you follow through? Because Jackie Chan versus Donnie, it's got to be seen. So let's and, and let, 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 like let's end of the rest of the stuff and then yeah, yeah that's, I've, at the time i bought everything with jackie chan so um it was just bought on the fact that jackie chan was in it um and obviously he was fighting down again so it was like yeah so i i, I dug twin effect out for for this review and the uh sequel which i'm i'm not watching again but obviously i watched many many moons ago just yeah yeah on the basis that um jackie chan was in them to be honest yeah uh, but it's strange that they uh went the period route rather than continue what they promised to continue at the end of this movie of the first one you, you'd think like well they're gonna run towards a franchise exactly. and they didn't 
Are we thankful or not uh, that that didn't happen? Well, let's uh, move on to the short opinions then. Uh, as for mine, some action elements impress, and even the manufactured commercial romance between Charlene and Edison, or Dog, is cute enough in spots, but the full film is spotty and not really commercial, acceptable commercial fluff playing the vampire actioner card. It sure as heck worked with the paying audience, which is fine, but it really isn't fully charming or acceptable as that kind of product. I mean, and, and also supporting vampire hunter Ikin Chang has nice hair. <laughs> That's the nicest thing I can say about it, I guess. <laughs> but he, he's not in it that much. I mean, he, he got uh, on the UK DVD I got, which is the original Hong Kong version. He's got top billing on that one, but he is more of a supporting actor, really. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Charlene and uh, Charlene's movie, Charlene and Edison's movie, really. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that's my short opinion for now. What do you want to say about the twins effect? Love Dante Lam, love director. I like the the action. We can get into the action, but the film is just no. It's just a damp squid. It doesn't doesn't work. It's a hard slog to get through. The performances don't help. Ekin, um, Troy, again, doing that whininess that she does even more in this. Grated on me this time. Um, bearing in mind, I watched the two back-to-back. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't enough. Like the screeching got to you because she literally screeches in a scene for like a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she does literally screech, and it was it was annoying. That put me off straight from the start and stuff. As much as I, you know, I liked her in, in My Wife Was 18, they just, they just put me off right from the start and it was like exact same character except she could just do a bit more kung fu which was great but um no there wasn't enough there to hold me the action's good good to catch up i enjoyed what they put together i enjoyed what donnie yen did as action choreographer you can see it the set pieces i put there we'll get onto. but as a film as a whole no i'm sorry i agree i mean i didn't like it back then either i I, I was sort of hyped because i was uh, on on a dante lamb high i suppose i was hoping uh, especially after jang hu the triad so which is just this Mm -hmm. wonderfully wild triad movie because it includes scenes like anthony wong appearing out of nowhere as the general guan yu in modern day and trying to work the remote control and watching modern day pornography (laughs) and it's in a triad movie and it was just wonderfully off uh, off the wall. Uh, I really liked that. So uh, yeah, I think that was one of the sort of more recent watches as I picked up the Twins effect uh, as soon as it hit DVD at that time. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a corporate product to sell uh, the items and the star on its label, as I said. And as you know, Phil, that, that's nothing new or vile no. coming from Hong Kong cinema because we know actors and actresses were also singers and were put into movies, but they did well in classic cinema too. They even evolved their craft. Uh, so it's not automatic kiss of death to have pop stars in the movie, but you got to make it good. And this is one of those, well, it's clearly a corporate product and it's no, and it's no fun. Maybe, maybe the difference is versus them that... My general overall memory of, for instance, watching Andy Lau movies is that they could be any type of movie and he could die in movies more than any actor. <laughs> and so it was yeah. almost like yeah, they they could be put in dark as heck movies and uh, action movies and he could do really well doing it. <laughs> they, they didn't feel like these, you know, we're going to put... Uh, and allow triad stuff on uh, on happy meals like mm. to, to sort of sell this as a product it just felt like well that's that singer who's also an actor who's in a movie and it felt i don't know it, it, it didn't feel as transparent as this does yeah exactly because we didn't get a movie called the andy Lau effect 
you know, the Andy effect. So. <laughs> the Andy Lau effect. <laughs> yeah. I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go loads of time for Andy Lau. He's just, mm-hmm. he's just great. But you're right. It, it, like I say, commercially, yeah. You see, we're done. That's fine and stuff. And you, and you get that and stuff. But there's just not enough. There's not enough to it. You, you kind of want, I want to like it. I really do. I want something to, you know, entice me, you know. And yes, the action's there and, and that gives me enough. I mean, the opening scene is a, is a 10 minutes full on fight fest and it's great. And he's choreographed really well. And he does set up for that first 10 minutes. It's, it's great. You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, you could see what's going on. You could see, you know, they had vampires there, and you know, it's great. It, it it's got some really accomplished uh, stuff. This opening, as you know, as uh, as as hair uh, does a backflip off a balcony. Hair, you can, mm-hmm. um, you know, even though it's got that sort of sped up uh, cinematography and some techno on the soundtrack, I I was really into it because, uh, especially as um, Josie engages in her fight scene and he can you know sort of sees flashes of the massacre that has happened in the train court yeah that was really that got me going because going back to josie's scene and her the mix of her and the stuntman she gets her character gets thrown into this glass case and that looks really organic and hard and powerful and you know obviously the acrobatic takedowns look good and it's also shot with a steady eye and a clarity camera wise So Donnie is really uh, putting forth his best instincts. And Mm. uh, it's also apt at getting as much of his actors in there as possible. Clearly there are stuntmen, or or stuntwomen even, present here. But the mixture is quite admirable, because I'm I'm sure you spotted that he can just do it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 moves there. Like it's him. And then if there's an acrobatic uh, shot... You cut to a well, sort of well costumed stuntman, and I thought Donnie's work was really exceptional here in the beginning. To be honest, yeah, it is. Yeah, you can see it, and you can see it, and that shines through. So, you know, kudos, and it's great. And and just from that opening scene, you expect so much more, and that's why it's so disappointing because after that, you know, you lose that. And I think it's after that because obviously Josie, he, he walks out and he's carrying her in his arms, but you're suddenly confused by there's a statement and he's not going to fall in love with anybody else again and that's it and stuff and he's coming out like she's dead well she was alive a minute ago at what point did she did she die in his arms i'm not getting this so it kind of throws you a little but unfortunately it's just it descends into nothingness afterwards well it descends into comedy really and yeah, it's, uh, it's and, and he can uh... jump straight into you know the the Jackie Chan appearance he's just there for a comedy well, we'll get to the Jack Chan appearance uh, because I, I, I want to briefly uh, sort of establish that now Ikin is the supporting actor and now it's the Charlie Choi, Edison Chen, Anthony Wong sort of mm. combo. And uh, going for money making uh, commercial comedy is fine. They sort of established uh, the, that traditional vampirism, I suppose, is not for Edison's character. He's a roy. He's a royal as well, and and Anthony is there as the sort of um, servant and the butler, uh, and uh, every now and again gets uh, gets the comedy sort of sort of right. Uh, believe me, Anthony can phone it in whenever he likes, and uh, he's uh, welcome to do so. But uh, there are some mildly promising beats, especially in the restaurant scene with uh, with Chapman Toe and Charlene Choi. Charlene wants uh, something to 
uh, stab him with and Anthony and Edison just answer like a bunch of cutlery like <laughs> take it all yeah, like, like, take the spoon take the knife take the fork yeah, yeah. and I was hoping for more of that feel because some of that was actually played rather it, it was this uh, strangely quirky sense of comedy and Chapman Toe is this very droll actor as well as he delivers his uh, lines and argues for his infidelity and things like that but that was a rare sight of they're on a good comedy track but you, you know why that is though because anthony wong's holding all that up and stuff because because he's the he's kind of the the one that's acting and all the rest of them are just playing at it not, come on let's be fair i agree i mean <laughs> and, and, and it shows that he's uh he enjoyed being uh, a little bit silly that that worked but you, you know I, I, I wanted to ask in general did you have an impression of the twins or have an impression of them as performers together or individual performers or you you can't remember having stumbled upon them and liking them uh, like in a conscious way no, not in a conscious way or together or individually and stuff. I, you know, not really, never really made an impression as such. I mean, she's in New Police Story with with Jackie uh, Charlinis. So, I mean, uh, there, there is that a little bit later on, I suppose. Uh, I remember liking them enough uh, because they were they were in quality films. Just One Look is great. Uh, Funeral March is actually uh, one of the better terminal disease dramas out there. And mm. Gillian was in this movie called Beyond Our Ken that has a subplot about um, someone uh, spreading uh, nude photos about her, of her, which sort of corresponds to reality, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I sort of like where they were going. I like what Charlene was going uh, a few years later. She worked with the Pang brothers in uh, the psychological horror movie Diary. Yeah. She And she apparently did well for Herman Yao in the movie Sarah. And she... They've had longevity, Phil. They're, they're, they're sort of still around. Charlie more than Gillian. They've never popped out of me, though. You know, I'm never consciously, oh, they, 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 I must, you know, watch that. Oh, the, you know, in that film. They've never done anything outstanding to, to say. And like I say, and for me, um, the melodramas and all that, I don't pick up it so often. So you're right, they're probably in the background of, like, you know, police story and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, they're there, but never consciously do I, you know, recognise them as such or think, oh, that's outstanding, but I've probably not seen them uh, in those kind of genre of uh, film, so to speak. So ne- Never, never like truly promising but i like uh, i like some of the quality that happened um uh, the further we got away from the constantly sort of breezy and light uh, products that they were, they appeared in i mean diary is not a happy cheery movie so it's a it's a psychological movie and um, and beyond our ken is this uh, pang ho chung movie that's uh, quite uh, Mm. Uh, autistic and moody so it's not uh goofy as such but um and and, and also by the way i think charlene is more active nowadays and, and jillian is more sporadically active and she got married like last year as well so who knows if she's gonna pursue work um after that mm-hmm. so uh but but yeah it, it's them that's the center focus here and Ikin is sort of there you you, you don't get a feel for the fact that well if only they had put more of him in there because there are prom- mm-hmm. there's something promising here i don't think ikin is really stretching himself at all that much other than in the stuff he does for donnie yeah and like i say the action absolutely he does put himself but other than that like i say if there's more ikin it wouldn't have helped anyway and, and just the way that from an acting point of view act when he becomes a vampire it's even more blood curdling the um, abysmal acting from making, <laughs> you know, it, it really is. I mean, it's like, okay, 
I'm sure they did act like that. That's the way you act as a vampire in, you know, in the movies way about when, but certainly not in this high production piece. Should you be acting like that as a, as a, it just didn't work. Dante can't combine it comedically with the sort of a bizarre nature of uh, because because the antidote involves banana, right? And banana scent or banana Bananas. flavored, so banana. Do, 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 do. Uh, so yeah. he starts to eat banana cake, like, and and after some good comedic bursts earlier, here is where it just falls unbelievably flat and uh, any chemistry established with him and Gillian is sort of odd because the plot suggests that they're romantically involved and she seems like his daughter to be honest they don't they don't go any creepy routes or anything but it's certainly no emotional connection and later the girls just waste a lot of tear acting on absolutely zero emotional investment towards the very end (laughs) like oh my god they're good criers but for nothing for nothing (laughs) Oh, at that point, I was just like, I don't care. I, I don't care. Just, just stop it and just hit somebody. You know, I can, I can. I, I'm loving the action. Just, just do with that, and we'll, we'll get through this, and, and that'll be fine. But, but, uh, but even those earlier sights of uh, actually Donnie choreographing like a star fight between the girls, and it, and it's meant as they're, they're antagonistic towards each other. They're fighting over a bear. Then there's a star fight. Does any fun trickle into that for you? I, it's a little bit, and he's choreographed. It's choreographed like a, a step-by-step guide would be um, for for two people that can't use a staff. But it, it works. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice. It's got the comedic beats. You know, he slaps her. She slaps her around in the arse and stuff. And they, you know, they're playing up. It, and it, it, it's nice to look at. And great. You know, it, they look good. You know, you can see yeah, Charlene. You know, she's whirling that staff around and stuff. That's her and stuff. Yeah, maybe not. You know, when she skips around and stuff, the stunt woman. But you know, she's doing some stuff. And fair play to her. And, and they look good. Donnie Yen makes them look good. But I've said the action scenes look good. Um, great. But once they come out of that and then go back into the film, it just it just loses its it loses the beat. It just doesn't it doesn't work, unfortunately. It doesn't add anything. They are like separate scenes. It's like a separate scene. One scene, then we've done that, we've done the Starfight, well, let's go back, uh, you know, yeah, let's go to the next scene, but it doesn't gel as such. You know, it's too a mismatch. I think after that scene, it goes to like um, Edison and he's on the phone with Charlene, and it's like that cut scene. Okay, you've you've gone from one style of filmmaking to another style of filmmaking. You you, you know, if I'm being really honest, uh, and maybe this is stretching. At times, I thought it was cute how Edison was looking for love. Uh, he he observes human happiness, and he he's sort of like, oh, she's calling, she's calling me. <laughs> and uh, you know, rather than playing up his sort of tough urban image, here's uh, someone like, oh, yeah, I like human happiness. I'm a vampire, but I like human happiness and stuff. So I'm gonna go out uh, to a wedding with humans, and that's uh, something to sell this movie on. Another veteran presence, you know, not just Anthony, not just you know Josie or Ekin. But Jackie Chan is in this movie, Phil. Does it uh, provide any fun sparks with having uh, Jackie around here for two scenes? No. <laughs> oh, poor Ouch. Jackie. No, I'm, you know what? Jackie does what Jackie does best. It's another scene that, again, he's tacked on in there, so he's got Jackie in. They turn up, and he has his moment, and um, he does his, what he does best, which is Jackie Chan and his playfulness without bringing anything to the film at all. It's, it's a nice, you know, little scene and stuff, and he takes the mick out of him, out of himself as well, but it doesn't add anything else to the entire movie, apart from Edison going around, you know, 
with his face blackened and you know <laughs> it looks like it's covered in motor oil just yeah, to uh, yeah. uh, not be burned by the sun so it looks so odd but uh, you know fair, fair play to him for looking uh, daft yeah, oh yeah, he did. Proper you, you know what they do as well here with, with Jackie, and maybe this is not him uh, insisting on this, but they, it's happening again. They pair him up with someone way younger than him because he's about to be married to Karen Mock. Karen Mock! And, yeah, uh, exactly. Looking smoking, and also as a character, he's shit faced. Yeah. So. And you know it's it's a nice it's a nice little scene and it's funny and what they do and stuff is quirky and they obviously had fun doing it and stuff but you know it doesn't add any gravitas to the film apart from you put Jackie Chan in it well done and stuff yeah thanks for that um, but you know it doesn't add any more to the story it doesn't give you any more as a and add any more than what it is you know uh, what it feels like it feels like a lunar new year comedy type of scene oh yes like, like scene, uh, yes. Let, let's have a wedding scene because we have Jackie Chan lunar new year Gong Fa Choi and uh, heck we can even do a fight scene because Gong Fa Choi it really feels forced it does and uh, I mean talk of the uh, the the second scene if you like if, if that's any good or not as Jackie as the ambulance driver has to deal with the vampires I mean for me it just didn't register at all to be honest no I mean it didn't it, 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 it was daft it was a, it was an action scene that, again they had to put an action you've got Jackie Chan therefore let's put an action scene in we have to do one we've got him here now have you got any time yeah well, I've got 20 minutes well just throw this together and stuff in this ridiculous action piece at the back of an ambulance all of a sudden he's an ambulance driver and there's a couple of vampires after him and he's taking them on in his usual uh, wacky style and stuff uh, but he doesn't again it doesn't add anything to it it's not spectacular in any way it's overly comedic it doesn't add anything to the story again it's just a separate scene you could have taken out and put in anything really it has worked, but way earlier to put him in a bit part and choreograph some action because uh, yeah. what is it, Winners and Sinners? Uh, that is in very briefly, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and that's a heck of a lot of fun because it's yeah. you know it's well done to to boot and uh, it's a scary dairy. And here it's 2003, and obviously we're not gonna take as much risk as, risks as we did. You know, even as he's running alongside the ambulance on the pavement, he's obviously wired up somewhere, but uh, still, he's running alongside the pavement, so I guess that's, that's something. But it really feels, I think you're spot on, that it feels like quickly conceived, especially the way they managed to take down the vampires by stuffing them full of, full of medicine and they freeze in their track and then they sort of mimic his every move and it looks like they're dancing stupidly and i was like come on is this really the best you can come up with was it really worth worth jackie's participation to do something this week <laughs> and it wasn't funny either it wasn't funny either it, it, no exactly it didn't have it which is a shame stuff so yeah I will put it down to, you know, they won an action scene, they did something quickly, Jackie did something quick for them, you know, and there you go, you've got Jackie in it, and he's got an action scene, therefore it's going to add more to the film. But again, it was just another scene that was tacked on in, and it didn't really didn't really hold hold water for the, the entire movie. And, and I mean, going back to Ekin, problems arise in movies when you cast him as a visual only, as a good-looking, impeccable you know, we, we usually say that with Alan Tam and George Lamb, when you give them something, they're, they're, there's a transformation process that happens. And I think the same has been true for Ekin, and I hope you will see later on that same will be true for Ekin. But uh, here it's, uh, you know, they put him in, Dante Lamb is operating at this, at this unremarkable, sometimes annoying level. And I think there's no, when you shift back to Ekin, there's no, there's nothing interesting or immersive 
with his story and the way he's gonna eventually uh, disappears from the story and uh, you you've just cast someone that's has appeared flat in movies and he still appears flat in movies other than when putting forth his physical best working for donny because that's when he's uh, acting physically and aggressively and feels like valid sort of kick-ass vampire hunter but there's way too little of that because i don't know they having a full leaking movie maybe that would have benefited things and the twins would have been the supporting act but they aren't it's not designed to be the Eakin effect <laughs> so and maybe that's the problem we talked of my wife is 18 is this uh structurally it would have been better if we switch things around and maybe maybe it would have been slightly better having Eakin as a full-on vampire hunter training someone for 90 minutes and then kicking ass together at the end but that certainly doesn't happen because this is a twins effect that would have worked better and i don't think that could have worked better unfortunately it didn't work edison I say Edison Turner. It didn't work for me. I I, I I understood what they were doing, but he didn't. If they'd focus on Aiken and made it the vampires and you know more of that and made it more this action kind of you know uh, on the hunt for the the the, the big hench honcho vampire and training them up, yeah, that could have worked. That could have worked quite well and stuff. But this just didn't. It wasn't enough. Aiken wasn't given enough. The action was great and stuff, but what he was in between, it wasn't. He he, he couldn't elevate it enough he couldn't elevate it at all to be honest it just didn't work for him just not no you know admirable physical uh, physical participation that's for sure i mean the alleyway fight i think is quite outstanding yeah yeah uh, because you also see him perform uh, a couple of takes where he does a lot of moves and and donnie isn't disguising it with uh, with shorty camera work or anything no, which no. is uh, which is very cool Towards the end, where it's all girls versus the vampires and the and the CG stuff, um, I would have to say that 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 wasn't uh, Donnie's crescendo to the movie. I I thought um, it was probably some of the weaker scenes of action choreography because it also was dealing with story elements and obviously the final takedown of the big bad vampire. And when you haven't really liked the characters, haven't found them funny, they having extensive action featuring story beats and these main characters what wasn't really my cup of tea i mean the girls do okay in terms of conveying power and fight and they do participate as much as they can and donnie continues to mix them and stunt persons fairly well but uh, after a while i felt it was this silly vampire battle in particular when jillian is all uh, possessed and has vampire in her blood and then fights uh, mickey hart which is the main vampire so like i thought like when it was extensive and extended, the action started to. I I started to pay less attention to it, Phil. If you if you know what I mean, because before we've had a big opening set piece, alley fight is a few minutes. This takes up the majority of the ending, and I, th- I thought it was kind of dull after a while, to be honest. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I I quite liked. I enjoyed the obviously blatant kind of rip off of blade the way the vampires kind of disintegrate yes that's quite good that's quite cool i i enjoyed that and it was great um but you're right after a while it was a bit much of a muchness i like the close combat and stuff it worked really well they look really good you got the slow-mo you got the kicks and you got the punches and and close in and it looked really good um from that point of view you've got all those beats that should be but you're right you're not invested enough at that time to actually give a damn to a certain extent and therefore, you, you you lose that if it was 
and you're right. As soon as you become this kind of vampire thing, it kind of kind of loses the, its its edge anyway. So, and it is an patch on the the opening scene, and, and that's probably what the problem is. He set the bar that high with that. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he didn't follow that up with the end. But by that time, to be honest, you didn't really care. You were just seeing out the film and stuff, and just you know, there's some some good good solid action, but but that was about it. The the best scene happens mid end credits. Uh, it's a cut scene with Anthony Wong uh, struggling with blood sucking. Uh, he's uh, trying to woo this um, real estate agent that uh, he's got the hots for, and she's got the hots for him. And I thought that was just let Anthony play and let's, uh, <laughs> let let him come up with some funny stuff. We're probably not going to keep it. In the end, we are keeping it for the credits and mixing it with the outtakes of Ikin and then the outtakes with Jackie Chan, which is so shameless, by the way, to actually do an outtakes reel just because you had Jackie, but anyway. Yeah, I see. Well, there's outtakes. It's Jackie Chan. Look, it's a Jackie Chan film. There's outtakes. No, not really and stuff, but, you know, uh, we'll just show one of Jackie, like, you know, just laughing at his, his lines and stuff or somebody off camera doing something to let us say, but, you know, Maybe it's more fun than watching the credits roll. Well, who knows? But the entity one bit's quite good and stuff. You can see what he's uh, what he's trying to do there and stuff. It's it's quite yeah. You, you don't associate Anthony with he's been he's been wild in movies, but when he when he underplays and it's a bit dry, he can be uh, rather effective and uh, uh, really um, hilarious to a degree. I think he he was he was trying. He wanted to make some some of it funny and and also walk away with a paycheck because uh, he's got a family and uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And he does a fine job and there's nothing wrong with that. And once again, he walks away with his head held high, um, which can be, uh, can't be said for Paul Ekin on this occasion. And my final note is uh, one of my favorite uh, credits ever in a movie is in this movie, special friendly appearance by Karen Mock. It says so in the beginning, <laughs> special friendly <laughs> appearance. That oh, is cool. wonderful. <laughs> friendly appearance rather than special shit-faced appearance that's where it is <laughs> yeah, by other people oh, i like it so there there it is uh any other notes my friend of the twins effect uh, no 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 more I, I didn't really want to dive into any more of that um ekin thank you i was aching to to get away from it it's uh the series is designed to be um have its ups and downs because i knew i didn't like these movies back in the day i thought maybe i would be on board with my wife is 18 now that i'm older but uh i wasn't so that's it uh, but i gave it gave it a try yeah. i ordered a blu-ray that i didn't get <laughs> <laughs> hey and i found something i enjoyed from from your misery so that's always uh that's always good so who knew eh? who knew who knew that i would go for the melodrama over the action there you go, folks. You wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, you would have nailed me on for the Twins effect going, yep, that's the one. But no, it wasn't the case. We've, uh, we're not uh, the same. We don't have the same score anymore. We've, uh, we're, we're leaning different uh, ways. And uh, towards the finale, which will contain three movies, I have nailed down the m- two of the movies. But I'm going to have a think of the third one. Two, two of them I've seen. And the third one I haven't seen. So it might lean towards... Uh, it's another James Yoon movie. It's a thriller called Divergence, which I believe is a it's an Aaron Kwok movie too, and I believe it's a remake of an American movie, possibly something called Collateral, uh, not Collateral Damage, uh, the only movie, but something called Collateral. But I have to look into that. But we're definitely concluding with uh, because it's a free movie episode that, to conclude things. So we're gonna do his horror movie rule number one with Sean Yu, uh, yes. a, a, a pudgy Ikin. 
who sees ghosts, I suppose. And also we're going to do um, uh, Full Strike, the badminton movie. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Full Strike. Hey! With uh, him and jo- Josie Ho and uh, Ronald Chang. And Ronald Chang was in My Wife is 18. He's the uh, yes. uh, boyfriend of uh, Stephanie Chia's character, former uh, Mr. Charlene Choi. They they used to be married. They're not anymore. Uh, but uh, at, any, at any rate, uh, we're gonna we're gonna look de- definitely look at that. Uh, uh, but uh, the availability of the Twins Effect uh, it had various special and limited VCD and DVD editions back in the day because um, squeezing everybody out of their money. Corporate product, so even special limited VCD editions, uh, but it has not been reissued in Hong Kong, so you can't get those anymore. But uh, there are some secondhand copies of regular editions over at the Amazon Marketplace uh, that go for low prices. If you view this in America, the Vampire Effect edit on DVD that is readily available. But on the UK front, the Universal DVD is the original version in Cantonese and subtitled, and you can get that for cheap. It comes with subtitled extra features as well. So that, that's a good buy because I, I got rid of my original Hong Kong DVD in some shape or form. Maybe sold it, maybe traded it, maybe tossed it. Uh, but I rebought it because I'm a good boy. Yay! I got it. I, I digged it out of me uh, stash and stuff. Yeah, double disc. Yeah, it's good. So uh, we, we, we put forth our best effort to source copies even though there's sour memories uh, of past <laughs> that's that still haunts us. <laughs> At any rate, uh, thank you everybody for participating in uh, this Eakin Hour and uh, we're heading into the finale, as I said. Uh, three movies to determine whether he's Eakin or Aiken. And um, it can go... Um, it's it's going to be interesting how it can conclude for uh, for uh, both of us, respectively. They, 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 this was a total fail. <laughs> Eakin failed for me and you're like, ah, it's all good, it's all good. Half, half good. Half good. I'm still half good. So yeah, we're we're there. So yeah, it should be a, a very interesting finale because I know I've seen one of those films you mentioned. I haven't. I'm really looking forward to the full strike, and I've got a funny feeling. I don't know Divergent. I have I have no uh, impression of it. I don't remember if it was critically acclaimed or not. But I think if I bring in a wild card that I, that I know nothing of, then maybe I know I know Aaron won an, an acting award for it, but that may, may mean nothing. <laughs> yeah true true that will probably mean nice. so i think that's a grand selection maybe people were thinking of the films in there but you know what i think that's a nice cross-section of films that will be interesting to review so yeah it could go any way this could so let, let's see what happens that's us as for the contact information really quick for all your podcast on fire network needs including back catalog of podcast on fire of the Eakin hour go to our site podcastonfire.com all the other shows that we do it's back catalogs all available there contact information as well social media links as well and uh, all that good stuff so check out the show post over main site for uh, for all your relevant links so i'm gonna throw it over to phil for a final plug of his website uh, yeah, you can get us at uh, uk. Also on Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. So come over and say hi. Cool. And follow Phil's uh, uh, top 100 greatest uh, Eastern movies uh, project that's going to go on until 2035. <laughs> <laughs> No. You're, you're a family man how quick are you going to get through 100 what movies what exactly wanted your film how quick are you get you know the score 20 you know minutes score. per eve or something you know? <laughs> I know yeah I'll get there we'll so, get but there because you're a good family man you take, you, you, you take care of your family it's not I right. do I take care of my family no I'm not feeding you I'm watching another Hong Kong classic film Eakin damn it <laughs> yes 
God damn Eakin, you can wait for your supper, children. Eakin's on. So there it is. So I've uh, been Kenny B and uh, with me was Phil G. So thank you very much. And uh, we're, um, we're soon going to conclude this. But um, uh, we uh, we have a podcast future nonetheless because we have more projects other than the Eakin Hour brewing. But uh, in the meantime, looking forward to the finale. And thank you for this uh, next to last episode. Participation, Phil. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you.